And it's my super gamo. Got this chain from El Dorado. Fucking Fano. Got the turf screaming bravo. This is my show. You don't like it, change the channel. I'm Randy Savage. I'm feeling macho. And it's my super gamo. Got this chain from El Dorado. Fucking Fano. Got the turf screaming bravo. This is my show. You don't like it, change the channel. Randy Savage. I'm feeling macho. And it's my. Greek catharsis, starving artists, all is money. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 54, and we've had a very you know interesting season uh, learning the ins and outs of Handshake, uh, getting more familiar with uh, the teams and individuals that are working on that as we continue on through uh, season freedom. Uh, you know, the only difference there was, you know, Preethi and, uh, you know, her team working on uh, Cosmos and building True Story. But, you know, we've just sort of been trying to help build a narrative here and get, uh, a, you know, a, a more closer understanding about the mindsets of the developers that are like building on Handshake early, you know, and really see the, uh, you know, the advantages that these sort of projects have and sort of helping us lay out the initial infrastructure so that the project can like launch successfully. Uh, and, you know, developers and everyone have everything they need to like get, you know, get their feet wet and get started uh, and start building uh, following the airdrop. Um, so, so that being said, you know, we've got another individual back on the show today uh, by the name of Hans. Uh, and Hans is a gentleman that's been working very, very closely uh, with the Handshake team. Uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, kind of been very uh, 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 nose to the grindstone with the project since they've been going through the process of launching and the airdrops and like the legal stuff around that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he's going to give us a lot of you know insights into his perspective through this. Uh, and then, of course, I'm joined by Dr. Petty. Uh, Dr. Petty, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience for the 54th time? Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody. Dr. Corey Petty here, as always, host of uh, Hashing It Out and the Bitcoin Podcast. So happy to be here as always. Always enjoy the guests. And like as I said, we're here joined by Hans. Uh, Hans, how, how do we pronounce your last name? Is it Schoenberg? Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's good. Schoenberg. Uh, Schoenberg, if you're German. Schoenberg? But... Okay. Yeah, Schoenberg. <laughs> Just Schoenberg is fine. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> excuse, my, excuse, excuse my ignorance there. Uh, sorry about that. No uh, Schoenberg. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we're joined by, you know, Hans and, you know, as I said, he's very kind of close to the team for the, who's, who's been working on you know, getting handshake up and running. But, you know, before we get into that, uh, we just want to just get, get more, uh, kind of insights into who you are, Hans, you know, kind of how you fell into this, uh, space and, you know, being here in this opportunity, uh, and then we'll jump into everything else. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So handshake was my first foray into cryptocurrencies. And blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, I think the my the piece of my background that was actually most relevant to Handshake was I um, back in like 2007 started a an online gift economy. Mm -hmm. um, was, the the intention was to take uh, couch surfing and sort of try to open it up to more goods and services. Um, mm -hmm. We tried for too many goods and services, and that was the problem. But uh, the idea <laughs> was like an alternative economy around gifting. Um, rather than transactions. And mm -hmm. uh, Handshake, one of the things that got me really interested about it was how much of it is motivated by gift and how much of it is like a like a sort of unencumbered, singular sort of like gift to a community or that like the gift, it's sort of a, it's catalyzed by a gift or the alchemy mm -hmm. of Handshake is its gift. And um, so I'm, mm -hmm. I was just working as a full stack web developer 
and they needed somebody to build the developer faucet. So that was like a clear way for me to contribute. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and as, yeah, it's, God, it's almost been, it's been over a year now. Um, yeah. and here we are. Awesome. So let's sort of hop into this. And like I said, I'm, I'm pretending like I don't know anything about Handshake. Uh, so I'm going to sort of like try and help uh, have uh, Corey lead this discussion here and sort of, you know, uh, maybe we can start with uh, just telling us some more about how, you know, you came to like work specifically, you know, with the project and like what sort of thing you've learned through that process. And then we'll just pick your brain. Cool. Okay. Um, how specifically at the time when I first met Joseph, I was teaching inmates at San Quentin how to code, helping to start like a. Oh wow! Really? The world's the world's first incarcerated software school and development agency. Um, oh, wow! That's I was the cool. first like uh, engineer on staff, and and uh, when we weren't inside San Quentin, we were at Digital Garage, this co-working space downtown, mm -hmm. and so was Lightning Labs. Um, mm -hmm. So I just uh, what did we do? We played we played VR games one day after work, um, mm -hmm. and that's how I got to know him. And and by the time Handshake was ready to get rolling, I had moved on. The, the Incarcerated Software School is doing great. They're in 12 states now, and they're awesome. Oh, awesome. Um, and uh, a number of my students, I have students who work, former students who work at Slack, who work at Fandom, a bunch of Hack Reactor graduates, uh, a guy who works for the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation. They're like, anyway, that's a whole other program. It's called The Last Mile. Check it out. They're really impressive. Um but yes, yeah, so I just came in and uh, kind of helped Handshake, helped the guys, both conceptual, like both just like build this developer faucet app, but then also kind of like uh, work on the messaging and the language, mm -hmm. trying to trying to sort of like convey the sincerity of what they were trying to do, um, and create a narrative around a project that was really new for cryptocurrency, that was really different from. I think of the way a lot of ideas sort of grow in this space. Um, I think Joseph and Angelie and JJ, their intention from the beginning was very much to do something different. And if you're going to be, you know, a, like advocating that the world's root zone run on a blockchain that you created, you can't really also claim to own that blockchain. And so, mm -hmm. like, using languages around both like public common uh goods and also gifts i think were was really important to sort of how handshake described itself can you can you be oh, maybe we can like start fresh from what you said earlier and that you were really interested in this project because of this gift aspect but what is it about handshake and the way it's operating or at least the way it's launching that has this this different mentality or, or, or that's that's so kind of rallied around this this gift gifting idea um, yeah, so I mean, in the most immediate way, it's uh, it's just the airdrop and the faucet. This, uh, you know, a billion coins given away to developers and nonprofits around the world, and um, not to mention the 10 million U.S. dollars fiat that uh, given to software nonprofits. Um, that, uh, that there was both a, a, a narrative of sort of giving back to the open source community, the fruits of what they've built and, and uh, recognizing them, but also empowering them to own 
a piece of a public commons namespace um, and to just give it to them as a thank you. So if any, if anything, like from its beginning, Handshake was conceptualized as a thank you to the open source community. And it's since that like, here's, here's a piece of this thing we're trying to build that could potentially be quite large in the grand scheme of things of the future. Yeah. I do have a question. Like how, how did you guys like come up with a list of um, kind of open source organizations that you're going to give to. You can give us some insight, Hans, into like how you guys chose organizations. Obviously, you guys have chosen like excellent organizations, and everyone's been extremely thankful thus far. Uh, especially in like reaching back, you know, like post like receiving like the money, and and you know, it seems the reception has been very well. But like, how did you guys come to like construct that list? So I played very little role in that part. My background is not in the open source community, mm. so I wasn't. Yeah. The person, um, but Crystal, the maintainer of Freenode, she yeah. I know she was really critical in choosing the organizations, and she tried to choose both established organizations and really tiny ones. Um, I know there were a number of donation recipients who didn't have formal legal organizations that could receive the money, and so there was like a little bit of a like the the maintainer of Tmux. I don't think anybody had given him more than a thousand dollars, and there we were <laughs> giving him tens of thousands of dollars. So you know, we all use Tmux and it's an awesome piece of software. And so, and part of that, thank you. I think there were some, definitely some small organizations that were very surprised and flattered. I know there's a mesh network um, organization, I think pseudo room, the hackerspace here in Oakland got a bunch of money that, you know, really helped them like keep going. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, and then the faucet sort of, you know, being focused on like PGP web of trust members, free node members, um, I think in all of the excitement and the growth of the internet in the last 20 years, it's kind of like the commercial interests have sort of run over or run past the cypherpunks and the open source software developers and the people who kind of created the fertile ground from which all of this has grown, the protocols, mm -hmm. the, um, and that uh, we, we're trying to kind of like bring, bring software back to its roots in a way. How does that work? How did, how, what do you think, if you had to guess or prognosticate, the effect of this giving away is going to have on um, the future of Handshake and this and the open source community and and all? Good question. Um, I think, in some ways, the gift uh, Handshake's gifts were were kind of the only way that the project has a chance of succeeding that to to create a valuable blockchain-based namespace, um, especially one that you want people to use as their DNS root zone, it's not something any one organization can do on its own. The, the beauty of the web is that it's not run by any one group. And if you're trying to change the way the web works, you have to, you have to cede ownership of the future in the broadest and best stakeholder community you can. And that's what they were trying to do. That's what that's what our various airdrop, faucet, fiat donations. That was all sort of part of trying to trying to put ownership in the hands of the right people. And that's you know, that, that's one of those situations where like you can have decentralized technology, but if if only a certain amount of people control the assets that are used or the, the, the like the native tokens used on that blockchain, that it's not really decentralized in a lot of ways. And so this is an effort to distribute or at least like equally distribute as much as possible the beginning assets that are going to be a part of this blockchain moving forward how does how do you then get 
tokens from the blockchain that are that are not these like first giveaways? How does the distribution move from there? That's a good question. Um, there's, there's. I mean, as the value of the coin goes up, coin holders can sell some of their coins sort of as a dividend. Um, I think there's definitely, you know, like the the software nonprofits were given a bunch of handshake as well as fiat, so they'll they'll probably be selling some coins. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like a balance of like you know social you know uh, incentives and like just like sustainability, right? Like you know if they have uh, you know their organization supported you know by you know kind of the monetary like upside that be gained from like building and utilizing and build, building additional value on top of handshake and see if it see its novel usability, right? It's sort of like aids in this like feedback mechanism this sort of like flywheel of like getting new market entrenchment and like you know engineering entrenchment and then them continuing to dedicate on top of what will already be be a secure foundation from day one i, I worry about what we've recently experienced if um in, in the ethereum community and if lessons have been learned uh moving forward in something like handshake and that people building on top of handshake and utilizing it and expend and maybe holding a good portion of their business assets in the native token if they're going to be susceptible to the price fluctuations that then could then ruin them later on down the line based on like value at one point dropping and then they lose that 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 kind of like um road that runway that they that they thought they had are you seeing people kind of learn those lessons that we've been recently learning quite a bit in the ethereum community or is, um, that even, is that even an issue that you would you could potentially have inside the handshake community? It's hard to say, right? Because our coin isn't fungible yet. So, yeah. um, and I, so I think the people, I think the roadmaps of the handshake community aren't actually measured in in HNS right now. Um, and uh, although, if if we're going to talk about Ethereum, the one thing I like about handshake is that in in the way in which Ethereum was sort of a blank slate and a lot of hopes and dreams. The handshake spec is much more finite. Um, at its very core, it's a distributed root zone. It, it implements the DNS protocol. It makes almost no changes to DNS at all. So it has kind of like a finite goal, um, which I think will help it be a more stable project from the get-go and, um, and also kind of like deliver on a more like a clear specification. I'm glad you said that. I feel like it's it's it has a great chance of success because it has been more finite in its in its overall goals. It's here for a specific use case and only that use case. Um, and in a sense, it's basically just a large token curated registry. It maybe you can call it that. But like, do you see any issues with um, how it operates or how people can game the system based on its kind of like finite, well, uh, supposed finite use? But you'll find alternative ways to kind of. Um, use it or game the system for value? Um, I wouldn't... I'm definitely excited about alternative uses of Handshake. When it started out, you know, JJ JJ had done implementations of DNS before. He was kind of like the perfect guy to build it because he built Bitcoin from the bottom up and had mm -hmm. done DNS before. He even worked at GoDaddy back in the day. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, don't ever ask him about his uh, days. JJ is the perfect storm for, for being at the at core of this. Yeah. JJ hated working at GoDaddy though, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> he was definitely like the perfect guy to to build this, and and we've you know from the get go just been focused on how to best implement DNS on a blockchain. Uh, you know, bringing some some innovations, fixing a lot of bugs in Bitcoin, um, and then in the recent months, people have jumped up 
and come up with all kinds of creative ways just to use a blockchain-based naming system. Just the idea of a distributed ledger namespace uh, gets really interesting. You can you can use it to ad- you know address distributed content. You can use it. Gosh, you could even have a whole app where everybody's username is actually a handshake name, um, and then you know maybe maybe in the sort of distributed web future where you're you bring your data to the different distributed social media networks. You know, your username is actually your handshake name. It's, it's, uh, I think there's like a whole garden of possibilities there. Yeah. Cause I work oh. for, I currently work for status and, um, one of the, one of the recent functionalities we just put in was, uh, ENS usernames. So basically you, uh, stake a bit of S and T, uh, for a subdomain of state of us.eth. And that then has a lookup, like a, a basically a, a name or someone can type and it automatically points to your, your profile. So people can get a hold of you really quickly within the app, and it's it's one of those things. That this is Handshake offers that type of functionality, but a little more broadly generalized across uh, potentially anything that you can then um, you can then resolve using the Handshake system. So people can then form their identities around potentially Handshake usernames, and then use whatever system they want to have it resolved to that system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Um... Was it Kilpatrick or one of the devs in the Handshake Alliance has been using it as like a sort of like a catch-all crypto wallet where his name has all of his different coin addresses associated with it. So rather than DNS records, there's a finite amount of data you can store associated with the name, but there's not a lot of rules about what, I don't think there's any rules about what the actual data is. Yeah, yeah, you can basically just like have like you know like a, a you know like a JSON sort of like array of uh, addresses, and you know that's already like built natively into the protocol. JJ's already had that has that like directly like implemented, so you can like have a you know a, you know array with the name of you know a Bitcoin address, uh, a Zcash address, a Ethereum address, and you you can essentially like you know poll the network. So when you're so when you're asking like okay like you know what addresses are associated with this name, oh it's X Y Z da 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 da, and you can select which of those addresses and like resolve to it. Um, we already have a a client library wrapper built around this functionality um, from the HNF Dev, Dev Alliance team. It's called uh, Moniker, um, and it actually like utilizes um, you know kind of like this the the wrapper for you to quickly be able to put in a pool of names and then resolve all of them, um, which is like really cool. Um, so uh, I would definitely uh, check that out if that sounds like something that you think would you be interested in. Oh, for sure. What do you What do you guys think? Or you're going to see because you, you're definitely in this community much, much more than I am. You contribute to it. You spend a lot of time on it. It's something you're certainly focusing on um, this year and a lot of last year. And when this thing goes live, what do you expect to happen based on um, the cards you've played so far with the with the widely distributed uh, giveaways and pe- developers being able to get a hold of these things? Uh, do you see like a mad rush in one direction? Do you see a, a slow growth or movement of people using it? Do you see um, it being integrated into things that people are already using so that it has a, a very, very broad and quick adoption rate? Like, what, what, what kind of things are you seeing happen when it actually goes live this year? I, I'll let Hans answer that, and then I definitely have an answer for that too. Well, I'll make no claims about being a, a prophet in this space, but um, <laughs> yeah. I think... <laughs> yeah. To, to draw from the just the sort of the strategy of the, the Handshake project creators at this point, the goal has been actually to keep, we have no marketing budget, zero, zero dollars. Um, the goal is to keep the project pretty mellow um, in order to let the people who can most contribute value to Handshake sort of find it first and, and uh, feel a sense of ownership over it. 
before the you know the sort of the hype wave turns it into something they don't want to be a part of um so in, in some ways like it's al- in some ways there's almost been a uh, at least among the project creators this like you know like don't talk about this um because we want to build it and we want to get it <laughs> we want to get it to the we want it, we want it to work we want it to get it to the linux community we want to get it to the dns community to the um existing you know web infrastructure people um because it's really for them first um mm. and then and then sure bring in the hypesters and so by kind of making those donations and handing out that hns we're sort of trying to get control and ownership in the hands of the right people before say a speculative wave comes and tries to buy up all the coins um and not saying that that's not a bad thing i mean when that wave comes the it'll reward the people who've already done so much to, to make the internet what it is today um so there is kind of like a, a genuine slowness to the project don't rush this uh in order for it to succeed it's got to be steady and stable yeah exactly and then like there's like also like other parameters set in there you know aside from the wide net you know initial distribution between like false developers and you know investors speculators etc right and then like the early you know contributors you know everyone sort of like being in a position to capture as much upside as possible there's other considerations too like even for like you know kind of the minor community that would even follow afterwards um you know that would be like contributing to the you know further inflation of the network but where we're also like you know combating against the deflation of you know folks like you know selling uh, you know HNS into the covenants, excuse me, uh, taking those outputs and then like the taking those out of circulation. Um, so uh, you also have like this has a, the slow start for the mining. Um, I believe there's like a 10 day delay right before you can even start doing uh, bidding after the network launches like on mainnet. Um, so you know there's going to be time for you know folks to who've been a part of the airdrop since the beginning and through the faucet that Hans and them built. Um, you know they got their hands on it early. Then there's going to be now the ones that are going to go through the the goosegs. You know um, uh, uh, um, like HS air uh, HNS airdrop um, and claim with their like you know their GitHub SSH and PGP keys. Um, you know and and they're going to follow suit and you know they're going to be claiming names and that's going to be having like this sort of like back and forth you know between like deflation from the actual network of folks claiming it. Um, capturing some upside maybe and then like you know fueling you know future development on different side projects and stuff so i really think it'll be a um it'll be a successful thing and i think it'll just like sort of happen in tranches where we'll have like you know the most immediately necessary like you know companies and stuff that need this sort of protection and stuff like you're you know i hate to say it but you know your folks like you know gab and things like that right they're going to want to like look for these like alternative services and stuff like that like as soon as possible and you know they'll come and then they'll bring their own like series of speculators behind them which will you know and you know and further entrench more and more people early on to be participants so i think it'll be a very interesting experience but i think it'll be slow 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 and then we'll just see this huge waterfall of like adoption one of the like early, I guess, think advantages that that led to Ethereum's adoption was the fact that it was easy to get your hands on and start working with and playing with and building on it. It made it they they made a lot of design decisions that attracted um, somewhat novice developers to start being productive automatically. Whereas Bitcoin didn't quite have that. Is there a similar type thing in Handshake or what you're trying to do, or do you imagine the actual utility of the token is going to be more what people will come to it for, or they're going to be coming to build on top of it? Yeah, so I'd say, I mean, I think we're definitely pretty newbie friendly in that, like, you can go, it's really kind of thrilling to download Handshake, run your local node, and um, and then go into your system preferences and switch your DNS servers to your Handshake node. 
and just washing your Handshake HNSD logs. So you have to set up the Handshake full node and then your, your HNS daemon. But you watch yourself browsing the web via your blockchain, and then you can go in and buy your own name and direct it to where you want to go. And now you're in your web browser, you know, going to your Handshake name. So I think in that sense, we give users like very, sorry, developers, like very quickly a sense of being able to sort of claim their piece of the namespace and um and you know they don't even have to learn it's all in javascript so yeah bitcoin really, really made it easy to understand how that stuff works no nah, man bitcoin is just the ace man it's so great so i, I actually there's a service that i use right now when I, I i point my dns resolver to already within my own house it's called a pie hole what it does is it basically um checks what i'm asking for and only returns stuff without ads so it's basically a, a massive black hole for ads on my entire home network i imagine that like awesome. someone could someone could fork that and then implement it into handshake as as they run these types of things on their own home home network yeah i mean bcoin handshake's progenitor has a really strong plugin system so yeah you could easily write a handshake plugin that would not return ads Okay, there's a weekend project for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. That's how you get those HNS tokens. <laughs> right on. So, like, okay. Be... So this is this is something that I think this is probably the last of this season's handshake uh, interview. I, and we're kind of wrapping up on uh, at the end of that interview time. I'd be curious. Like, I want to know someone who's listening to this because a good percentage of the people who listen to this show are developers. Where do I go? What do I go do? How do I get started? How do I get involved with the community? Um, what are the, like, the initial steps, and then how do I then move forward from there? Uh, good question. So I would say definitely step number one is to start browsing via blockchain. So get Handshake up and running on your machine and change your DNS servers um, and give that a try. Uh, from there, you know... Which you can, can all be found at handshake.org. Yep. Sorry, it's just a, just a pretty easy documentation, pretty simple, straightforward guide. Um then by doing that, you can also, your node can connect to the test net. You can kind of participate at the blockchain full node level if you want. Um, or you can start building apps on top of Handshake that do the kind of the things we've been talking about um, and look into all kinds of different things you can do with DNS TXT records that you can do with a distributed namespace. Start thinking about, you know, what it would mean to have like authentically decentralized naming and uh, go from there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So go ahead and like, um, yeah, you know, I'll just I'll cut Chill it off. Chill away, man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Hans, do you have any sort of like links and or any sort of like resources that we should like check out? Um, you know, and and, and any anything you leave out, I've, I've got some to throw in there too. Sure. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So the faucet was really cool. We definitely like optimized for security. We were afraid that someone might come in and try to just like, you know, take all the coins. And we definitely had a hacker. Um, not a hacker. I'll call them a spammer because they wrote a bot that uh, we had this write-in option where you could sort of like send us links to your work if you didn't use GitHub. And uh, somebody like scraped SourceForge and then manufactured like fake accounts and fake applications using real SourceForge projects with real SourceForge people's names. So I had to email these people to be like, hey, do you control this ProtonMail email oh, address? Wow. And they'd write back like, no, that's not my email. So, so luckily, the, luckily they always used ProtonMail for the fake account email address. And that made it very easy to sort of screen out the fake ones. But um, but yeah, we really we were really worried about security, and that's one of the reasons why Joseph and JJ decided to close down the faucet and switch to the airdrop model, 
because you know the faucet only gave away the first hundredth or twentieth of of the coins that we're planning to distribute, and so keeping that faucet open with the main mainnet running was going to become a sort of like an increasingly risky proposition. And uh, JJ figured out how to sort of make a, a Christmas tree of coins that people can just come and claim with their existing keys. And so once mainnet launches, that's all out of our hands. It's much more sort of elegantly decentralized. And um, so the coins will just be waiting there for the key holders to come and grab them. Yep. And then if you need a block explorer, we've got a few initiatives and stuff from the Handshake Alliance, um, kind of the coalition of just for-profit orgs that we've just been kind of managing uh, just to get all the, you know, technical, uh, you know, uh, early contributors to the projects, you know, just aligned and working and having, you know, collective repository of all the different open source, you know, toolings and utilities that we were providing. So, you know, we wanted to get a lot of the stuff we needed out the door, which has been a lot of the interviews that we've had thus far. Um, but, you know, if you need a block explorer, you can go to HNS Can, so like HNS Can, basically HNSCAN dot com um that's a great block explorer to check out and then we also have uh hnsalliance.org which is like links to like all the individuals that are building projects on top of handshake drink i'm gonna pause for a second someone's <laughs> drinking like, really loudly oh sorry that's me i forget <laughs> <that> I... <laughs> I was like is he drinking milk <laughs> i have a really loud swallow sorry no, yeah. sorry about that no, it's okay. We'll cut it out. Um, and then we also have, you know, the HNS Alliance website. Uh, we all uh, HNSAlliance.org. And then we have the Handshake Academy. So HandshakeAcademy.org. If you want to learn more about, um, you know, kind of building on top of Handshake and getting links to different developer documentations uh, and discussions. Uh, and then we also have um, uh, Urkel.io, which will allow you to spin up a Handshake node. Um, and then be able to pull that, you know, like via like an API uh, and also have links to other sort of like tooling um, built on top of Handshake. So um, uh, we've got client libraries coming from provide.services. Um, so just provide.services is the URL. Uh, and there's you can also spin up nodes and there's like a Swift uh, uh, client library coming for Handshake as well there if you're looking to build on top of iOS. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can play with if you're interested already. As far as the uh, protocol innovation, one thing that is not yet sort of solved and is in research phase is how to do subdomains on top of Handshake. Right now, the protocol only has a concept of the top-level domain and sort of a, a great sort of cryptographically provable, secure subdomain mechanism is what a lot of people like Boima, Fambola is working on. Um, and uh, it's, we're really interested in how you could run a fully decentralized registrar as well. So you would... You'd buy a top-level domain on Handshake and then point it to like a Plasma sidechain that then in a distributed manner sells subdomains and you can sell kind of like uncensorable, cryptographically self-sovereign subdomains that might be really cool. I think um, there's a whole mantle of like censorship resistance that someone could pick up. I'd love to see like a Catalonian uh, Handshake registrar. Um, they're the ones who got shut down yeah. during their independence movement. That would be kind of cool. Um, so I want to see more folks experimenting with IPFS and Handshake and things like OrbitDB and stuff, which I believe we brought some of those people into the Handshake Alliance recently too to sort of experiment, like you know, experiment with um, you know, like like subdomains too on top of Handshake. Yeah, yeah, and sort of distributed content with uncensorable distributed names exactly. is a pretty cool combo. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I think we'll see a lot of interesting experimentation over the next, like, six months, and uh, especially after the launch of the next testnet, which I believe is fairly imminent. Um, and, you know, I only get responses from JJ every so often. <laughs> He's usually, like, really knee-deep in this stuff. Oh, um, yeah. But, he never... But, you know, I, I work closely with the guy and, like, send him information and stuff that he needs, and he doesn't even respond when I send it to him. <laughs> only he, when that's, that's JJ, but that's when you know he's just, like, knee-deep in, like, just hyper-focused mode, and that's when he's, like, killing it. So, like, we are, yeah. we've learned from, like, in the past at Parish Word, just, like, if JJ's, like, I got to take some time to optimize. Like, that's how we know that he's getting really close to the end, but he's going to take a little bit longer to just, like, crush it. But when it comes out, it'll be good. Um, you know, because he had a lot of pressure on him initially, like, you know, when he launched the first, you know, alternative implementation of Bitcoin with Bitcoin, right? That was, a, you know, very, you know, one that we were going to be using in production on purse. And, like, he just took all the time that he could to just refine everything and just, like, you know, dot every I and cross every T that he thinks on, like, the low level. And, like, you know, it, 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 it really shows uh, in, in the final product. So I'm excited to see what other sort of loose ends he ties up before the launch. Um, but, you know, thank you, Hans, um, for giving us more insights in the project. I learned things today. Um, that I did not know about kind of like the early on and your, your involvement. And that's awesome about your kind of your background and working with, you know, teaching, you know, inmates to code at St. Quentin and stuff. And it's just like this community is filled with really good people um, that, you know, have really good like interests and like really want to see the world be more uncensorable, more, you know, kind of just like free and private. And, you know, thank you for your contributions early, Hans. And, you know, we wouldn't be here without you, I'm sure. Thanks, guys. It's been fun to talk about it, and um, it's been fun. It's it's going to be really interesting because they there's no foundation, you know? So, like, pretty soon we're going to shut down the handshake.org email addresses. Like, the whole thing is going away, and uh, where it goes from here is up to us. So yep. that should be pretty cool. So if you I'm like really it, get involved. You could, be, you could be part of something big. Yep. So let's do it. Let's change the world. And thank you, Hans. And we'll, hopefully we'll have you back on later in the future once Handshake is launched and we can get more perspective on how you think things have gone since then. Cool. That'd be All great. Right. All right, man. Later, man. You have a great day. You too. My options. I tweak the float and tweak my garments. Hit the hardest. Like, is he man or is he Martian? Boy, I'm marching. You can't make no trades or bargains. You my target. You gon' fall like leaf in August. We been ballin'. Coach just pulled me off the benches. Now we ain't speaking less history, a longer term investment.